Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. SoFi, the hottest stock in fintech right now. But why? Well, right off the bat, SoFi, NASDAQ-traded stock, ticker symbol SOFI, it gained a lot of popularity following its much-hyped merger with Chamath Palahapatani's. Chamath is an industry leader, early investor in Facebook. You know, he hangs out in all the big crowds out there in the venture capitalist world of San Francisco. And when he makes an investment, or in this case, created a special acquisition company to buy the company SoFi, it makes a splash. People get attention. It caught my attention. We're going to talk about that. SoFi is one of the most volatile stocks out there, at least over the past couple of years. Anytime a stock provides great potential upside and great payouts on cash-secured puts, it catches my eye. So is the buzz around SoFi worth the hype? I've followed SoFi for a couple of years, but I was reluctant to talk about it because it's such a young and evolving company and the volatility is crazy. Well, today has finally come. I've, I've mustered the courage to share my thoughts. I've done some research and done some findings on the company, and I hope you enjoy this deep dive on SoFi. Here are some of the main takeaways we're going to be talking about today. Cash Secure puts on SoFi. Obviously, I love to talk about that. SoFi is disrupting the banking industry through an all-in-one financial platform. The company is in hyper growth mode. At least that's what they wanted to tell you about. Profitability is improving and they're taking market share from top banks. So is SoFi worth the hype? Let's find out. You're listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So I mentioned I've been watching SoFi for a few years. I bought into the pre-SoFi SPAC to speculate and hopefully make some money. They hadn't even announced that they were doing this merger as a special acquisition company, but there was like some leanings, there was some talk and some speculation in in the markets, and it kind of looked like uh, Chamath's SPAC was looking to buy a fintech company, and one of the big names out there was this company called SoFi. I missed the initial move of the stock, but made a few bucks before the SPAC actually became SoFi. A special acquisition company, if you don't know, SPAC, the verbiage I'm using, is a way to bring your company to market without doing an initial public offering. There's a lot less financial responsibility. It's it's much easier to do. So special acquisition companies were hugely popular in 2020 and 2021. And Chamath had the SPAC, and they bought an existing company called SoFi. So I missed the initial move, but I, I then, when I owned the SPAC and that kind of came out that it was going to be SoFi, I did a sell the news situation where sometimes a company is just making money until the news comes out. And a lot of people think, oh, hey, I just heard about this on the nightly news. And they think the stock's going to go up. But that's when all the initial early investors use that liquidity of the other people to sell their position and make a bunch of money. That's why a lot of times when an IPO happens, people who were early investors sell within the first few weeks, sometimes even the first day, and the IPO actually goes down 
in the first few weeks because all of us regular retailers are like, oh, yeah, I get to buy into blank, blank, blank company. But all the people who bought in a blank, blank, blank company a couple years ago are using us as liquidity. We buy it. $50 a share, it drops down to $40 a share, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, I tried to do that, and I did a sell-the-news strategy. Then a year or so later, some of my doctor friends were, were chatting up at a, it was actually a holiday party, and we were talking about refinancing their medical school loan bills. And they had saved a bunch of money by doing this refi. And they said, there was this company that saved the money called SoFi. I was like, hmm, I've actually heard of SoFi. I was uh, doing some trades on SoFi a year or so ago. And my ears perked up, and I started looking at SoFi from a few different angles. If the my doctor friends know about it, who weren't looking at investment, they're actually using it as platform users. Like, how can this be profitable? Let's take a look. So my primary angle was one, could this be a hyper growth stock? Like that was the initial thought, right? I thought it would be huge, but then obviously the market took a bit of a turd and <laughs> things didn't go so well. Could this be a great hyper growth stock? Could this be the next big 10Xer? And my second primary angle was that seemed a little bit unlikely, but you know, it's nice to put a couple irons in the fire. Could I make money on this with a not very large part of my portfolio? And that led me to the options tab of my brokerage account to you know where cash secured puts. See, I've been selling cash secured puts on index funds that I wanted to own. Index funds like QQQ, which is the NASDAQ 500, or sorry, NASDAQ 100, and the S&P 500, ticker symbol SPY, largest 500 companies in America. So if I got assigned on those cash secured puts, I'd be happy to own 100 shares of those big indexes because it would be a great long-term investment. So selling a cash secured put on those were a very comfortable situation for me. Up until this time, I hadn't done any cash secured puts on individual stocks because it's just a lot more risky. There's a lot more volatile. You really have to do your research, and I wasn't ready for that. Anyway, a friend of mine started getting into investing outside of her typical retirement account. And she's like, I want to look at making some money each month, just you know, a little bit of fun here and there. And she asked me how she could make some side money. I thought of cash secured puts for her, but she didn't have the capital to buy 100 shares of QQQ or SPY. So if she got assigned, she'd need a smaller investment. She's willing to speculate, and thus my re-entry into the dark world of SoFi. SoFi was around $8 per share at the time, and each week you could sell a cash-secured put on SoFi, meaning that if the stock fell to your strike price, you'd have to buy 100 shares of that stock per contract you engaged in. So between $700 and $800 per week, Aaron could sell a cash-secured put against SoFi and get paid out. Looking at the delta of 20, that means there was a 20% chance each week the stock would fall to that particular strike price, Aaron was able to sell a cash secure put for $6 per contract. Doesn't sound like a whole lot. I know. She had $5,000 of capital, so she, she could sell six contracts, paying $7 per contract, and make $42 per week. Again, not sounding like life-changing money, but all investments don't sound like life-changing money at the time until you let compounding interest continue to work its magic. You see, $42 per week on an only $4,900 investment is a 44% annualized return. Does $42 a week sound better now? 44% annualized return. Thus, my interest in SoFi began again. Now, what happens if you do get assigned in these cash secure puts? You'd be on the hook for 100 shares of the stock. If you want to own any stock, 
If you're selling a cash-secured put, you need to be prepared to be a long-term investor. So the next question there for Aaron is, I know I can make 44% annualized return on only $4,900 each week, but if I get assigned those six contracts, is SoFi going to be a good investment, not just a weekly trade? And that's what this episode is about. Let's find out. SoFi, also known as Social Finance, was founded in 2011 by four Stanford Graduate School business students. In essence, they wanted to build a platform that provided more affordability in terms of student loan financing. They were funded by 40 Stanford alumni. If you're thinking about going to uni, try to get into the best school. Try to get into the school where you create a company funded by 40 Stanford alumni. The 40, the four students, sorry, launched the pilot loan program to 100 of their fellow students. They had a built-in audience. These dudes are smart. I guess that's why they got into Stanford. So anyway, with $2 million, they funded this launch program to 100 students. This experiment provided to be a great success, and SoFi went on to raise more capital from banks and outside investors, which allowed the startup to expand to other schools across the country. Sounds a little bit like how Facebook got started. Over the years, the company also introduced other products, such as student loan refinancing in 2012, the first company to ever do so, by the way. They started rolling out mortgages in 14 and personal loans in 15. Everything's going great with the CEO until he became such a turd and he had to step down because of sexual harassment allegations. But this actually led to a key success for SoFi because a few months later, SoFi hired the man that made them who they are today. Anthony Noto became CEO. He had formerly worked as a COO and CFO of Twitter. He was a managing director and partner at Goldman Sachs. And my favorite, the former chief financial officer of the National Football League. Simply put, Noto knew what he was doing. And he squeezed all the financial acumen he had into SoFi. Since Noto became CEO, SoFi launched its financial services and tech platform, basically making them a one-stop shop. And then again, they went public in 2021 with a SPAC from Chamath. In a nutshell, SoFi helps members get their money right by building a platform that serves as a one-stop shop for all things finance. It allows their members to borrow, save, spend, and protect their money. Basically, SoFi operates in three business units. Stick with me here. Lending, tech, and financial services. If you're going to invest in a company and you need to know what the company does, this is what SoFi does. Lending, tech, and financial services. The first flagship lending business offers personal student loans, home loans, and obviously refinancing those student loans. It gives you an in-app digital borrowing experience and supports the entire transition cycle, including credit application, underwriting, approval, and funding through the app. I love that. Students can apply for a student loan with varying loan sizes and repayment options at competitive rates with no application or origination fees because they're using computers and technology to make decisions. SoFi's tech platform offers enterprise technology products and solutions such as digital banking, credit card issuing, payment processing, and everything that somebody in a back office of a different bank is doing, they do automatically with tech. This has been made possible through Galileo, which SoFi acquired back in May 2020 for $1.2 billion. Basically, Galileo is a, it's a banking as service technology. Like It provides all sorts of these back-end things. If they really wanted to make cool words, they would use words like AI. Some of Galileo's clients include uh, Robinhood, who you may have heard of. If you're a restaurant and you're using Toast, you're my favorite restaurant because the checkout experience is so easy. 
if you've used Toast, you know what I'm talking about. So Galileo, very smart service that's helping them disrupt financial things, financial worlds, financial informations. And then finally, SoFi offers financial services. Obviously, this is their bread and butter. It includes SoFi checking and savings, which provides currently 4.5% APY, which is pretty nice here in the States. It is over 10 times the national average, and they give you $2 million of insurance where most banks are only giving you $500,000. i am not trying to sell you to become a SoFi client, obviously. We're looking at, is this a good investment? And then they've got a few other bells and whistles. If you have a bank with an app, they're obviously pushing investment platform. They're pushing credit cards and rewards and stuff like that. Ultimately, these three business units, SoFi is trying to be a one-and-done platform, and that's the key. They're trying to build this defensible infrastructure of making the one-and-done. You don't need to have four different financial apps on your phone. You can do investing. You can do banking. You can do loans all through one fine, easy loan. And that's fine and dandy. But to be a good business for me, you need to have moat. So is that large enough to have moat? Does SoFi really have anything that makes this defensible from other businesses stepping in and stealing market share? Moats, as you see, is what the, the protection that keeps you from other companies stepping in. There are three potential competitive moats for SoFi. Technology, cost advantages, and switching costs. Technology. SoFi offers one of the most vertically integrated offerings in the fintech space. It's clean. It's good. If you use the app, it's, it's a good app. Members can manage all of your finances in a single app, including loans, deposits, and investments. I already talked about them using Galileo. They've jumped into some AWS fintech. Like They're becoming a big player in where they're at. They also created a bank charter, which is a big deal. They can actually do true banking, not just fintech stuff. Like When you're a fintech company, you kind of are a bank, but you're not really a bank. So they actually bought a bank. And this enables SoFi to act as a bank for both members and partnering businesses, which brings legitimacy to the company. And then they're doing well. Really, their only current competitor, truly, that can provide this one-stop shop would be Block, ticker symbol SQ. But Block doesn't have the banking as service components from Galileo, and that makes them stand out. So technology-wise, SoFi has a more complete stack, a complete offering compared to their competitors. It offers a stronger value proposition because they actually own the bank. And having vertically integrated technology means that SoFi is able to collect more data at each stage of the customer experience. Data, as you know, drives the world. Facebook doesn't make a bunch of money because your mom sends you slightly off-color memes. Facebook makes money because they collect data and sell that data. What are the cost advantages of SoFi? It's another possible moat because the data advantage through the offering better products, SoFi is able to gain a cost advantage in moat. SoFi calls this the financial services loop, trying to keep everything in-house in one little situation, keeping mom and pop happy to come back, do all your banking, all your loans, and all of your investing in one place. Finally, switching cost. SoFi has high switching cost modes. SoFi is that one-stop shop for all things financial, which makes it incredibly easy for consumers to manage and track their finances. And then it's easy to get things within the app and find new customers inside. So once you become a customer, they have cross-selling things that are very interesting to you as a particular client. And the more members use more products, it's harder for them to leave the platform. So to leave SoFi and to spread yourself out among three or four other banks is a pain in the butt. 
So you're keeping stuff at SoFi. Once you become a SoFi customer, they have been able to track and figure out how can they keep you as a customer. All right, that was a mouthful. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to quickly dive into the big three of a good company. We're going to talk about growth, profitability, and outlook. And we'll dive into those right after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. Okay, let's look at some financials. Obviously, we are looking at becoming investors and better educated investors. So we need to look at these three things, growth, profitability, and outlook. Quarter two of 2023, the gap revenue was up 37% year over year, while adjusted revenue was up 37% year over year. Boom. Doesn't even matter if you're doing gap or adjusted. That's for accounting nerds, not for us. The main thing you need to know is the two metrics is adjusted revenue excludes fair value changes in SoFi's lending because they're not cash charges. You may not have even understood that sentence. I barely did, and I have accounting classes. Let's move on. SoFi experienced extreme growth in the early days of the pandemic with several quarters in triple digits. That's good. If you're doing 100 plus percent growth quarter over quarter, you call that a successful business. However, with decelerated uh, lack of growth because of student loans and the stuff we're going to talk about here in a second, basically the federal government was freaking out during COVID. They put a loan moratorium on all student loans. So companies like SoFi, whose primary business segment was student loan revenue, when the government puts a moratorium and says you can't charge interest and you can't make people make payments, you're obviously going to have some pain in the business. Nevertheless, strong growth has been happening lately in all three of SoFi's business segments because that moratorium is coming to an end. People who had paused their student loans are beginning to pay them back even before the moratorium ended, and the new bank charter is creating money. The lending segment is SoFi's bread and butter. It generates 60% of revenue, and that was up 29% year over year. The lending segment has been posting 30% plus growth over the last few quarters, despite the student loans we just talked about. And as student loan moratorium expires, things are looking good. If you are sitting on a huge mountain of student loans that haven't been paying you for a couple of years, and you're about to get paid from those customers that are already yours, you're in a good position to increase your bottom line. Here's a quote from CEO Anthony Noto in a recent conference. He says, I think we'll see the demand for student loan refinancing continue to sort of move back to where it was in 2019, which is a good thing. 
It may take several quarters for that to happen. We said we could see a small increase this year, 2023, but a much bigger increase going forward. Student loan profitability is on its way up. Let's look at the general profitability. Turning to most important thing, if you're looking at a, a company, you really want not just hyper growth, you want a profitable company. Well, net revenue minus direct expenses, which is what we call contribution profit, was almost $200 million in the second quarter. It represents 40% margin adjusted to revenue. The margin on student loans is crazy. Showing economies of scale within SoFi. Listen to this. Many of the student loans have a 70% margin. Apparently, we can use technology and AI to make decisions that expensive humans would have been making. You can cut down on a lot of human resources needs, and your margins go gangbusters. 70% margin. That's pretty strong. Finally, let's wrap this up by looking at the outlook. Management has provided some different guidance as management companies or publicly traded companies do every single quarter when they have their quarterly earnings call. They talk about guidance. I've included the high-end guidance for SoFi because we like a good story. The high net adjusted revenue, SoFi thinks that they will be up 26% year over year, tipping the $1 billion mark of revenue. Management also raised their four adjusted net revenue. They believe they'll be getting an adjusted net revenue of over $2 billion, which is a 32% year over year gain. All in all, the strong guidance by management as SoFi posted another beat and raise quarter is a testament to the company's value and execution. They are a well-run company. For those who are aware, margins, revenue, year-over-year growth, stock growth, all very good things when you're looking for a company to invest in for the long term. SoFi has a lot of volatility. A black swan event could be very detrimental to SoFi's bottom line. The Black Swan event, just like the student loan moratorium. When you're a company that has so much focus in one area and then that gets shut down, you're most likely in trouble. But the fact that SoFi was able to pivot, they expanded their businesses in other areas of financial world. They have a great CEO that has them on track. He thinks that they can have a 30% ROE. These are all good things. So I am personally interested in SoFi again. I took a break and that cost me. (laughs) I don't think this is a FOMO episode, but SoFi is just under $9 per share at the time of this recording. They started the year around $4 per share. They are up 93% year to date. Yowza. Kind of wish I'd held on to some of that stock. But still, it's a stock that can catch a lot of attention with potential future growth, a good CEO, and a good story. At under $10 per share, I at least think it's getting on my watch list, and I might actually start selling some cash-secured puts in the near future. Well, that's it for me. That's a deep dive on SoFi, Social Financial. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like these types of episodes, let us know on the comments on the Facebook under My Millennial Money page. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date market trends, income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week.
This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.